Hi everyone, welcome back to Musings of Your Heart. It's your girl, that Niger Muse, aka, well, it's your girl Elizabeth, that aka, that Niger Muse. My name is Elizabeth, but you know, you can call me that Niger Muse. And um, this is actually going back to the series that we're supposed to start, the second season, which is about relationships. Um, interesting fact, I actually recorded an episode last year with my friends where we're going to talk about relationships between boys and girls, but crazy thing that happened was that that, um, that the recording got a little bit messed up, so I'm still trying to decide whether it's worth, um, just editing it and cutting a huge chunk out and still um, releasing that or just re-recording and talking to them to come back again to be guests on the podcast however um, while that didn't go up as the first episode of the second season I've decided to um, go with another type of relationship this time around and post that as my first episode for the second season and today we're going to be talking about our relationship with god and that will be the first episode for this new season um this is a topic that actually gets me excited i really love to talk about my relationship with god i don't know um I hope this is the same, the same, the same for everybody else that they get excited. They really want to talk about and dive in and just share about, you know, how the relationship of God has gone. If you do hear any, any sounds, that's my stomach groaning because I am yet to eat breakfast at 12.15, basically noon, but just ignore that. (laughs) So basically... Um, the reason why I decided to um, actually go into my relationship with God is because, like I said, we're going to be talking about different types of relationships. We're still going to dive into relationships between friends, between um, family members, you know, parent to child, things like that. However, the most important relationship that we could ever talk about really is our relationship with God. And why do you think that is important? Why do I think that is important? It's because this is the only relationship that really trans- sins into eternity like um regardless of where you are what your beliefs are regardless of all of that stuff this is a relationship that can that 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 is so important it's actually more important than our lives here on earth it's like i said it transcends eternity it's a relationship that affects our lives here on earth and also our lives after earth so whether we die now or whether um when jesus comes and he takes over and you know the second coming of christ and all of that stuff this is a relationship that would affect our lives right here on earth and also in heaven or um in the absence of heaven and even though i remember after like um christ called me in the year 2014 when i actually surrendered to christ and the holy spirit began his work of um sanctification in my life i remember that i was always so eager eager to share my um, salvation i'll call it my salvation story and talk about how it actually all started because um I feel like we all have our stories. We all have that point where we discovered, like, where Christ actually brought an awareness of ourselves onto us and an awareness of his love onto us. And um, I don't know what happened. Like, I just, I guess, I don't know whether shame, whatever it is. Like, I just 
didn't share it as much as I used to and that means I didn't really like talk to people about Christ like I used to but um I'm starting I started this book called Sick in Him and it's by Nancy Demos Vogermat. I hope that's the right way to pronounce the name um and also Tim Grison this um Nancy is someone I've followed for like the longest um she she's the lady she's um a great woman of God she's been in charge of revival hearts and I kind of I I connect with her story a lot because she's one who passionately and unashamedly follows Christ even when like she was single for a long time and she literally got married I think two three years ago and this was I think in her 50s I'm not really sure about the specifics I'd have to google that up but she embraced the gift of singleness and she lived her life you know just being for Christ in every aspect of her life and God 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 is faithful so God obviously um crowned her efforts crowned her um obedience to him with success that successes in her uh, ministry in her press in her personal life and things like that and um i've just been this is this this is right here like a moment of just being vulnerable and being 100 i have not been um really like feeling myself spiritually for the past like months couple of months um just because there's been so much going on in my life in general like as a whole and i kind of i don't want to say i took god out of the picture but there was just a lot that i was trying to figure out on my own like moving states in america trying to transition from being a student to being a worker amongst just several things and um you know how sometimes god um things just happen and i don't want to say you forget about god because obviously i did not forget about god i still did the prayers or whatever but i just wasn't feeling that deep passionate um love and living a life of obedience like i used to and don't get me wrong you're not always gonna feel 100 percent like oh yes god's presence is genuine and no you will feel that god's presence is genuine but you won't feel that oh i'm always in god's presence i'm 100 percent like just so in love and stuff there are times where you know, we call them struggle paths struggle valleys where you just feel down and you, you just keep reminding yourself of god's promises and god's um faithful love you know towards you but basically I just I I felt a bit far away from God and that's because I have not been like daily growing myself spiritually just like you know you eat to grow and to have strength for your daily life here on earth physically it's the same spiritually if you're not feeding yourself you become weak and if you probably do not eat spiritually for one week just imagine what that would do your do to your spiritual man so all of that um was my story then i picked up the um second hymn bible study um manual study guide or something like that and i've been diving into this and basically god has just been working great things in my life just revealing things to me that that seem long forgotten but not really it's just me not 
really thinking about those things and just reminding myself of God's love, God's eternal love, the fact that he's faithful in his love and he never fails. We are the ones that step away. He doesn't step away. He's always there. He's always like <laughs> ready and he listens, he's present, like I said in my um, previous episodes about uh, my birthday episode, he cares. And I just, I, I needed that reminder. And I thank God for sending this book my way because he knew that I was going through this because he knows everything. He knew that I was going through this and he knew that there was no way I'll be able to enjoy what he has in store for me in this present condition of my heart, in this present condition that I'm in. So obviously there has to be a revival and I thank God because he is renewing me and I am becoming even much more, um, just much more in love with his word and diving in daily, um, growing and just, just enjoying his presence reveling in his presence physically yep so enough of my ramble now back to the topic relationship with god and um i'm just gonna ask like an open-ended question i know y'all cannot answer me like that but what would you describe as your relationship with god how would you describe rather how would you describe your relationship with god and that is a question that so many people just take for granted like you could probably say well you know i know god i'm a christian i was born in a christian home i was born in a christian household we pray every day we read the bible i go to church every sunday or whatever or like people could be like i don't know god i don't care about god i'm a, i'm an atheist i'm an agnostic i really don't wanna you know explore that aspects of my life or i don't think it's that important i don't think god is real there are so many um responses you get if you ask people um about god and for the longest till 2014 my own response would have been that yes i i knew god yes i was a christian but just because you know i was raised in a christian household i was um brought up to pray every day i was brought up to read my bible i was brought up to just do the cliche christiany things um not necessarily because i would say that i had a genuine um knowledge or a genuine reality of god's love i've i I would not negate the fact that i had i i felt god's presence from time to time like even in my um not being so not being so genuinely knowledgeable about god's love i still felt him like god was faithful god still helped me god showed me his love and there were times that God even used me in specific um, areas. Like God uses everybody, whether you are a Christian or not, God can still use you. So I would not say that I was 100% just faking it. No, I just didn't really know what I possessed in me. And I didn't really fully understand what it meant to be saved, what it meant to be a Christian. So fast forward to 2014. Well, actually, I may have to give you just a little bit of background. Um, so I moved to the United States of America in 2013. I moved with the intention of um, pursuing a, an undergraduate degree in pre-med, then moving on to medical school to become a doctor. I think I mentioned this before. Um, prior to that, I actually lived 
um, in Nigeria, and then I moved to South Africa for my high school education. Yeah, I have moved around <laughs> a lot, and unfortunately, Dami has um, affected some of my relationships, but that's a topic for another day. But I have moved around a lot. Even in South Africa, I moved around a lot. Like, I went to two different high schools. <laughs> um yeah so you know south africa was obviously different from nigeria um i moved from nigeria in 2009 i moved i left nigeria in 2009 to move to south africa so um i moved to south africa and you know different language different um, culture different way of living still trying to fit into that and um you know still stay authentically i don't know how to like say like just being authentically still nigerian but still being able to like um embrace this new culture embrace this new country and everything that it has to offer in south africa i don't know if i did it to the best of my ability but i know that um south africa was a was a great experience i mean i learned a lot and i felt like it kind of prepared me for um moving to america because america and south africa actually share a lot of um similarities um as compared to my time in nigeria but then i would also give this caveat that i was um kind of raised very sheltered especially in nigeria i didn't really go out i didn't really you know i was not exposed to a lot of things um i for the most part actually i went to an air force school so it was discipline 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 and you know from school back home go to church go to family friends go to like a little bit of other friends like that but i didn't necessarily i didn't really like live life if i'm to put it that way like i was not really exposed to a lot of things i was sheltered from a lot of things um growing up in nigeria so i would say that me comparing my life in nigeria to my life in south africa and my life in america maybe might be unfair because i was really just in a cocoon if i could say that in nigeria but in South Africa, there was a little bit of freedom because I would go to school by myself. My parents didn't take me to school at this point because, you know, it was high school. And um, I met with, like I said, other people from different cultures, different um, ways of thinking, different backgrounds, which is a bit different from Nigeria because Nigeria, for the most part, um, shared my side of Nigeria, for the most part, shared kind of the same culture the same way of thinking the same church with people of the same values you know it was just same 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 in nigeria and now in south africa you're exposed to like different ways of thinking even as christians there are different denominations and things like that i've always gone to like an anglican church in nigeria and then i went to like a pentecostal church in nigeria and that was it but like it was constant but now it's different like there's even different ways of dressing i never really wore like pants we call them trousers in nigeria i never really wore that i was always a skirt girl your skirt has to be like a certain length and stuff like that it was like it was just different, you know, and trying to navigate that. Even my high school skirt, I remember everybody in high school had this really, like, short skirt. And I was like, whoo, how is that going to fly with my mom? And obviously, my mom didn't let me wear those short skirts. My skir- skirts actually, um, they were by my knees while everybody's, 
everybody else's was like up their knees and stuff like that but that was just just to give you a background of my life in nigeria versus my life in south africa and also you know just having a phone i had a phone in nigeria but i didn't really have like what's the word i didn't really have a lot of freedom to explore that phone but in south africa i was able to explore a little bit i was you know more active on social media in south africa things like that so there was just more exposure more freedom and it it was kind of interesting because there was that much freedom but then after school going back home then you have to go back to yeah like being that sheltered self under your parents and stuff like that but you know i tried to navigate that still you know did the things that was expected of me we went to church all those things but i never really in all of this all of this moments of my life i never really understood what it was to be like a genuine christian so now like i said i graduated in south africa in 2012 moved to america in 2013 to pursue a degree um in biology and then a further master's degree in medicine moving to um Actually, making the decision to come to America was a tough one on myself and my family because, number one, money issues was involved. We knew we knew at the back of our minds that me coming to America was going to be quite expensive on the family. We were, we'll consider, I'll consider myself like a middle class. We were middle class back in Nigeria. We had sufficient we were sufficient in our needs in nigeria we struggled a bit in south africa because of the you know exchange of um currency between naira and rand and we knew that even dollars was was a far cry (laughs) so all of those discussions came in also the number of years not being with family and things like that however my parents um thought it was a good idea that I should still come because obviously the value of ed- education in America weighed more than anywhere else whether it's going back to Nigeria or pursuing my education further in South Africa and also um in Nigeria schools struggled a lot like public schools struggled a lot so a course that could that should take you 7 years could end up taking you 10 to 14 and you know obviously medicine takes a long time you don't want to elongate that process just because of you know annoying strikes so and i was considered an international student in south africa so the the thinking was if i am paying international student fees in south africa i might as well go to america and pay those fees and get a good degree in america um I would say there was also a little bit of ignorance that played into this on our part because we thought America was a land of, well, my parents for the most part. I kind of knew that, oh my goodness, (laughs) it wasn't going to be the same thing, but like they just thought America was a place where, you know, you go and you find, you always find, you know, help, like that illusion of America being a land of a land flowing with milk and honey. You come here, there's all this work, and that thought was um, that thinking was also perpetrated by people who come from America, who come home and kind of just lavish money. 
without really explaining the toils and the hard work that go that go into like working here in america so they were like yeah you'll be fine you know um my dad had a good job um my mom had an okay job so we thought you know things will work out so and i was also i also came here with the promise of a scholarship from the south african government like i was supposed to be sponsored so i could go back to south africa and serve for five years um so i came to the states you know came to a public institute a private institution um this was an institution that a friend of mine actually went to so we kind of you know we were like okay it's better to just go to a place where um you know somebody so that big that started my journey at arkansas um it was a christian school obviously just going back to that theme of um just being in a in kind of like a cocoon like a a very familiar environment i was sent to a private christian university in arkansas um but boy it was still different because now i don't even have parents to like (laughs) you know monitor my every move and stuff like that and freedom really tasted great i would say and even though i didn't like i wasn't your typical bad girl because this was still a christian community like it was still you know with some restrictions and stuff like that but you know tasting freedom was really great i enjoyed it and i reveled in it um school was going great um there was a little bit of struggle like i said just marrying my nigerian values now to like a more western world view um there was a little bit of struggle but there was i i made it but um it was still just interesting now looking back at my time in arkansas i don't think i really explored myself as a as a black nigerian woman that much i was just really just trying to get into this new environment and fit in but um that is no by no means anybody's fault it was actually my fault just trying to you know be this newbie but not really stand out too much so that was my life for one year then um so what happened was that the scholarship from south africa fell through um there was no feedback there was no response from them and one thing that made me learn is whenever you're promised something always make sure that it's in writing make sure there are no empty promises just you know in good faith good faith means crap to some people so yeah there is that um i would say there's also just a bit of naivety in my side and just been plain ignorant and too trusting and just believing the best you know and also this crazy notion that we can tell god to do things for us basically played a huge part in um just me coming to america without really a good plan in place so um once the scholarship fell through my dad's salary wasn't covering a lot my mom wasn't able to help as much because i obviously have siblings that also still needed money for school and all of that good stuff so basically there was no way for me to make payments and um the school were like yo 
you can't you can you know you cannot continue coming to school for free you have to pay and the money i was able to make here working uh, <laughs> a job as someone with no degree as an international student was not cutting it like it was barely anything i was working barely working 20 hours and minimum wage in arkansas was like five dollars or seven dollars something cents so just imagine that to um paying twenty two thousand dollars per semester per year rather for um my education it was not working so um i started to get frantic and i didn't know what to do you know there was a lot of prayers a lot of fasting going on god help god help god help god help um at this point i started feeling very frustrated because according to what i grew up with the the type of theology that i grew up with god is a god that you work hard you do your best to like obey him and it once you obey him it's gonna bless you like regardless it's just gonna pour down his heavens on upon you and pour down his blessings and you're never gonna have any needs you're not gonna lack anything you're just gonna be enjoying abundance you know in his presence because you obey him and you do what it says you should do so knowing that I enjoyed freedom in this um, university here in America. I, you know, try to kind of, I wouldn't say I try to bribe God, but really that, 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 that's what I try to do. Like I was praying, um, even though like when, before this situation got serious, I just lived my life anyhow. I mean, I'll still pray. I'll still go to church, whatever, just so that when my parents asked me, I'll be like, yeah, you know, I'm doing all of those things, those things that you really thought me to do. But it wasn't something that I was doing genuinely or anything. Now, with this situation going on, I was like, God, I'm going to do all of this because I want you to bless me so I can pay off my tuition and continue with my education and things like that. Like, I had a motive. I was just doing all of this things because I really wanted God to like look down on me and have mercy on me and help me so I did all of this I fasted for a lot of times and nothing was going on nothing was happening and then I moved to well I came to Maryland I traveled to Maryland for the summer break um, after that one year of school in Arkansas and during this one year i tried to get like two jobs just working and saving money to help with tuition and things like that um obviously that money really was not gonna cut it the school really wanted me to make a huge contribution to be able to um, register for the next year and i felt like i was running out of options i didn't obviously did not want to go back home to either nigeria or south africa because at this point my friends in south africa were probably going to their second year so me going back would kind of bring me back a little bit and going to nigeria really didn't sound like a pleasant option to me just because like i said the strikes and just um me just wanting that american education and knowing that i was already in america and there was this saying um that a lot of people in my country that they believe in that once you travel once you move away you don't come back 
you don't go back home without like being a success story like you going back home without anything was kind of being a failure and i didn't want to go home looking like a failure i did not want to go home without anything tangible to be like oh this is what i brought back from you know america or south africa or wherever you know so there was that shame and stigma attached to just going home without you know <laughs> without having a party being a success story and stuff like that i didn't want that so i was really struggling and trying hard to kind of make it here my parents were also trying their best um in their own individual um capacity and as a parent to um help me out but there was only so much they could do really so um i mean i heard so many suggestions from different people people telling me to you know just do whatever it is whatever it takes for me to get the money um some people suggested just ridiculous things that i would never have thought about because even though i like i said i did not have a genuine knowledge of god's word i still carry the identity of a christian and i still had those rules and regulations that's been drilled into my head ever since i was birthed into my family that this is how you live life you know you don't do any other thing you don't mess up you don't mess around and things like that so they did not sound appealing to me um I was borderline just frustrated. I felt angry at God. Like I felt like, "Oh God, I've done everything in the book to appease you, to please you. So why are you not answering me? Why are you not answering my prayer? Why are you not making out making a way? Why aren't you like just providing for my needs? You said in your word that, you know, if you obey, you we obey you you're gonna do this you're gonna do that according to the test various testimonies i've heard about people that you know they tight they pray they fast whatever it is and you give them whatever it is that they ask you for why are you not doing that to me like am i not loved by you am i forsaken by you do you not love me i just had all of those questions and kind of anger towards god anger towards the things i've been taught that did not seem to prove to be true and i started thinking about just you know ending it all just committing suicide i obviously did not want to go back as a as a failure and there seemed to be no way forward so the only appealing option to me just seemed to be suicide and I contemplated, I kind of, <laughs> this would be the first, my, probably my first time sharing that. I actually like held a knife to my throat. I considered walking into a like crazy, busy streets, letting a car run over me. I contemplated a lot of ways to just die instantly. That way, you know, that would end my search for money, um, my parents wouldn't have to worry about me anymore i wouldn't have to live up to anybody's expectations and stuff like that and i would not feel like i was a failure going back home and stuff like that but um whenever i thought about it then i never whenever like i wanted to do the extreme ones besides putting the knife even when i put the knife on my neck i was like nah bruh i can't do this but i still had the thoughts that i really needed to do something to like end this life of misery because my identity at that point was to you know do what everybody else in my country does go to school graduate 
get married, have kids, live a good life, you know. So that felt threatened and I felt like I had no purpose, no no reason for living basically. And it was just a sad, sad moment for me. And then um, while looking for jobs, um, still looking for more jobs to work, you know, just to gain more money, to get more money, to pay off my tuition, I checked on Craigslist and there was this ad about someone looking for a friend, um, for companionship. Again, excuse my, I would say, excuse my naivety and my ignorance. I thought that was... (laughs) that was like a great thing because the guy said the ad said that there was going to be great financial compensation for companionship and that just sounded awesome i was like hello i'm friendly i love to make friends how why not pursue this and if you remember in my um episode about um child of this world by the musician Fouls, i kind of in- hinted into like my own issue with things of that sexual nature and probably this would be me talking about it so i reached out i applied for that um friendship post the guy reached out to me and in his reaching out he made me aware that the companionship actually has to do with sexual favors and things like that and i was freaked out i was like hell no i'm not doing this um my mommy wants me to marry as a virgin because she married as a virgin and it's the christian thing to do i'm not selling myself for money but he kind of i don't want to say he kind of but at that point i was desperate i needed an answer and out and he used by the devil sweet talked me into thinking that you know god works in mysterious ways this maybe this is god's way of answering your answering you like god just he's gonna pay off all your tuition he's gonna get you a car an apartment you're gonna be set for life and you don't even have to have sex with him all you have to do is just give him some sexual favors here and there and you'll be good it seemed really appealing you know it was something that could be done in secret. Nobody need, needed to know. I could still talk about God's faithfulness, God's making a way. And I was like, okay, sure, bet. Let's do this. Um, <laughs> I did not know what I was getting myself into, obviously. And if I did, I really wanted to stay ignorant. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I remember saying yes. We... Um, exchange numbers we decided to meet up and it took me to a hotel and um <laughs> I just I, I want to say thank you Jesus <laughs> in my naivety in my ignorance and my stupidity God still was faithful and just thinking back now I'm just in awe basically in awe <sighs> well so now we're in the hotel um <laughs> this guy is naked i am semi-naked and um at that point it just i don't know that must have been the holy spirit just showing me my life that really is it worth it like I, I i would never be proud to tell people my story how i genuinely made it to being a doctor that the cost of being a doctor is it worth it to actually sell myself you know and all of those thoughts just came to me and um i decided at that moment that i wasn't going to wasn't going to go ahead and um 
thankfully I was able to go home safe without you know messing myself up and I just I felt dirty I felt like the whole world (laughs) just conspired to just like work against me at this point I cried a lot I kept to myself I just didn't want to do anything because I I just I've lost all sort of hope even though I didn't want to go on with the sexual things and I made the guy know the guy was mad then he understood was like oh well it's your choice suffer whatever he moved on and this man was old enough to be my dad too um it was just a lot and it was not the first person to actually offer assistance in this point but and I, I I refused other people to that point, but I felt like that was my last hope. That was my last straw. And me letting go of that felt like I just let go of life and I was just gonna end it at this point. I was like, really, there's no way out. The only way out is really to just die. Um, so I had it at the point of my, I just made up my mind that, yeah, I was just gonna die and i was gonna choke myself and die that seems to be the most least painful choke myself and die because what if i get in front of a car and i just get into a huge massive accident and that requires money to go back to the to the hospital and you know i just yeah the perfect plan for me was to choke myself and die and yeah i was going to do that before the week of resumption um so i decided to you know still keep living life as usual till that week of resumption i went to my aunt's church i've been going to a church before but i wasn't really like committed towards going to church because at this point like i said i was angry with god like why am i even going to church again it's not even answering my prayers or anything you know and i barely even listened to whatever they were preaching in that church because the church was set up different um it wasn't like the type of churches i was used to so i remember i think my very first sunday the words the man of god was speaking it was really like strange and foreign to me so i kind of tuned him out um and i kind of always made my schedule (laughs) where i would work on sunday so i avoided going to church but at this point you know like after giving up not seeing hope not feeling like any sort of hope i was just like yeah i'll just go to church i don't even need to work that hard anymore i'm gonna kill myself anyways um i went to church and i don't know why i decided to listen at that point i believe it's the work of the holy spirit holy spirit just works in diverse ways actually and it wasn't the pastor that preached it was actually a guest minister that preached this time around and he talked about God's love and like words that I may have heard. Maybe I don't know if I've heard those words before, but they just they didn't mean much to me at that point. But at this very point, they meant life to me. And the Holy Spirit just 
kind of revealed myself unto me and revealed God's love unto me through that man's sermon and the fact that he 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 related God's love to me in ways that I've never imagined as in in relationship terms the fact that our relationship with God is not like a contract it's not it's not a give and take relationship God has loved us from the very start like even before we were born, God loved us. And even for those of us, of those of you who may not even acknowledge God right now, God loves you. God loves everybody. And that love does not stop until the day we breathe our last. And the fact that he gives us food, food to eat, clothes to wear, all of these things that we do not deserve, you know, at all we don't deserve any of the things he's given us and he still gives it to us and is faithful to us like a father to a child he's faithful like a husband to his wife and just the way the love of god was so much like explained that just made me break down and i kind of examined the type of relationship i thought i had with god i thought i knew god i thought i was a child of god i thought i was a christian and made me realize that i really wasn't and i've just been doing things i was just obeying laws and traditions of my parents of my culture and disguising that as christianity i felt like my eyes were open and a veil was torn before my eyes i know it sounds really dramatic but really at the at that point in 2014 i was really broken like i i discovered how wretched of a sinner i was thinking that i could bribe god to do something for me all of those thoughts just made me realize that i am not i really do not understand what it meant to be a christian uh, the Holy Spirit dealt with me. Um, I surrendered my life to Christ. Christ took control. And ever since then, I've been growing in my relationship with God daily, trying to daily um, just abiding in his word. Obviously, like I said before, I, I, just, I, I just went through like a whole stagnant period of my life. But I really just came to enjoy God's presence. I came to love God, not just as an abstract person up there in the sky, a man up there, like we say. He he became a father to me. And the recognition of me being his child came alive. The fact that he birthed me. He, He knew about me coming to earth. He knew about all of these things. And like I said, he loved me from the start, even when I did not know him, even when I did not obey him, even when I did not understand his love and I tried to buy his love and I tried to buy his blessings, even through all of my unfaithfulness, he was faithful. He kept me alive because he still had a purpose. He still had a plan for me. And in all of that, I saw my unfaithfulness. I saw my wretchedness as a sinner. And I just broke down and um, asked God to forgive me. And since then, I've just been working in, I've been walking in light of his sanctification for my life. I have things that I did not know were wrong started to come to me. And it wasn't because of somebody's laws or somebody's telling me what to do but the holy spirit's prompting through reading the word of god and getting to know god better 
and that's how I've been able to grow my relationship with God and that's why <clears throat> I always think it's important for us to ask, assess ourselves to kind of ask ourselves a question what is my relationship with God how do I see God is God like I said a man upstairs or is he like a father to me when you assess your relationship with God when you actually think about God's relationship with you you or your relationship towards God is it somebody that you talk to just every Sunday when you go to church or is it somebody who is alive and active in your life do you see him as an authoritative favor figure over your life do you do you live a life of utter surrender to him because you know that he's in charge is in control i mean after i surrendered my life to christ and god took charge he revealed his plans for me it were they were not plans that i had they were not things that i worked out and things that i wanted you know that you know would go my own way he did his work in my life in his own way and i'm still here i'm still in the states I did not sin to get to where I am today. He was the one that worked things out in his own way. Yes, they were not easy. They were not like the most fun. I didn't have a house to myself, a car to myself like the man promised and things like that. But there were things that gave the glory back to him. There were things that he did that I could proudly say that yes, I did not do any of this by myself. It was God. Today I am a graduate today. I have a job that I that God helped me, you know, going through school it was not easy. God helped me through all of that. God provided tuition fees, provided scholarship. There was a time I thought I was not going to go back to school for one semester even after I, you know, everything worked out here in Maryland. There was a time that just seemed super dry and God made a way. God connected me with the people that would help me. God brought helpers to my door. So God truly is in the business of helping his own. However, we we cannot be transactional in our relationship with God. That is not a relationship. There is no husband and wife who would genuinely claim to love themselves and treat themselves like part, like transactional partners. That's something you do when you go to the market to buy stuff and you know what type of relationship you have with things you buy. You use them and then you dump them. But that's not God. That's not our relationship with God. Just like you don't use your children and dump them. God does not use us and dump us. And we don't have the rights to do that to him because he created us and he loves us. And that's why he disciplines us when needed, as needed. Because he knows there's so much more in store for us. There's so much more he has in store for us. And that's why we embrace his discipline as needed. And we surrender to him. We surrender and live a life of obedience to him. Because we trust in the fact that he knows better. He knows best. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows my end from the beginning. He knows the purposes. He he knows the plans he has in store for me. And who else can I trust on earth but him? And that's why I want to challenge each and every one of you listening to this podcast. I'm sorry it's a very long one. Like I said, I tend to ramble a lot. But I feel like it's important to assess our lives, to assess our relationships, especially we so-called Christians who are so eager to claim being a christian i've been in church for this many years i've been a pk whatever it is like genuinely think about it how's your relationship with god are you living a life that is 
in total submission to God or do you release some things to him while holding on having control over the other things do you genuinely understand what it means to know God or are you just like you know how in I, I I say this I give this illustration a lot like the way Obama's child can relate to Obama is different from the way we can relate to Obama because of the relationship that is between Obama and his daughter I cannot just walls into Obama's room right now and ask him for whatever but his daughter can because she she has that relationship with him the same way you cannot just walls up to god and ask him give him all of these demands without first cultivating that relationship obama has the right to discipline his child because it is his child god has the right to discipline us because we are is i really would like us to just go deeper into just trying to not not even trying but just surrendering to the holy spirit to reveal himself unto you unto us because if you do not grow in knowledge of Christ then we cannot truly say that we know him and the only way we can know him is by reading his world is reading his word rather not world but word and we cannot be friends with the world and say that we know God that's that's like word and opposite anyone who wishes to be the friend of the world the bible says he makes himself an enemy of god so if you're still trying to fit in if you're still trying to live a life that everybody is pleased with you i'm sorry you're not living a life that is of god a life of god means that you submit yourself utterly to god in everything he says because god god jealously yearns over us he gives us grace grace to live a life that pleases him however we still have that responsibility to submit ourselves to let him take charge and take preeminence over our lives the bible says to draw near to god and he will draw near to you cleanse your hands and purify your hearts be wretched mourn and weep humble yourselves before the lord and he will be the one to exalt you he will purify your heart he will he will help you as a double minded person to be that which you never thought you would be a genuine child of god and then obviously god is a faithful god he will supply all of our needs according to his glories in christ jesus but you cannot deal with god as you would a transactional relationship it's it's just not it's not real it's not genuine and yeah that's that's not what being a christian is so today if you could call yourself a christian even if you don't recognize yourself as a christian but you've always wondered who god is and how you can potentially have a relationship with christ is by genuinely understanding who god is and who you are and the type of relationship that should exist between you and god god is a god that really wants to cultivate a relationship with us but he does not want a sunday um pray for two minutes go about my day doing my own things kind of relationship he genuinely wants to have a loving relationship like a father and a son a father and a daughter relationship and a child 
has access, like I said, to a father, to his father, 24-7. And not only that, they inherit all of the father's possessions. So we are inheritors of God's possessions. If we are truly his child, if we can genuinely claim to be his child, I cannot just walk up and be like, I'm Obama's child. Obama doesn't know me. He's never heard about me. The same goes for God. Obviously, God knows us. God knows each and every one of us. However, he cannot claim you if you don't have a relationship with him. If you cannot say that I, I, God is my Lord, God is my Father, is my personal Savior, then who are you to God? I really hope that this podcast um, just gives you permission to question yourself, to question your faith. It is not wrong to question your faith, to assess where you are, to see if you're genuinely and truly on the right track. I know so many people say, once saved, always saved. Yes, that is true. Once saved, always saved. But you also want to make sure you actually have genuine salvation to start with. And I pray the Holy Spirit will do that, which He alone can do. It will, he will break through hearts of stone. He will help people to realize their own weaknesses and the strength that God provides. I pray that the Holy Spirit causes you to desire the loving relationship that you can have with God so that you can experience all that He has for you. Because trust me, what He has for you is way more than you can ever imagine. And He loves you so much that He would not want it any other way. So release yourself, submit yourself to Christ today, and let him use you. He longs to be with you. Amen. Well, thank you for listening to me today. Thank you for, if you actually listened up to this point, you are an OG. And I pray that the Lord actually fulfills his work in your life. Like I said, this is um, episode one of season two, where we talk about relationships. Um, We're going to talk about a different type of relationship in the next episode. Stay tuned. Um, Please feel free to share, like, comment, and um, seek me out on other platforms. It is That Niger Muse on Twitter, That Niger Muse on Facebook, Instagram, wherever social media i mean i try to be as active as much as possible but like i said at this point in my life i am actually actively trying to grow my i am working on my spiritual my spiritual man growing my spiritual man versus other aspects of my life at this point so i will try to respond to your questions i will always be there to listen and yes please reach out share this if you think it will bless somebody will help somebody please share them share this this message with them if you have questions like i said don't be shy don't be afraid um you can even send an anonymous um question to me you don't have to write your names your names your identity is always going to be um safe with me i love you all but remember god loves you even way more than i could ever love you way more than anybody on earth could ever love you blessings of god be with you amen 
All right, I'll see you in the next one. Bye.